0: Keep going. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we usually double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or best left in the past. But COVID has struck us once more and uh, poor little Greg has has been taken down. Uh, Go well soon, little buddy. We're rooting for you. And so here we are. It's a, it's a solo pod, a little bonus episode because, you know what, I didn't want to just post another bloody re-release. I know it's been a shaky year here at the Double Impact Podcast, but with the, with the COVIDs and the uh, the moving across the worlds and such. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that we're, we're still giving you some form of fresh content, even if it's just me, Sans, Greg, um, so it's somewhat of a, a a grand experiment, but I've got uh, some juicy questions from you guys that I will endeavour to answer. So let's do this, bonus pod. Let the great experiment begin! Wow. Keep going. Still got my gracious co-hosts uh, Owen and JC, of course, Billy. and Charlie Wilson. All right. So uh, what do we got here? I've got a few questions, some juicy, some. Uh, some just moist, but some juicy ones uh, to be sure. First one here from Michael Olsen. He's actually got a few questions. I'll pepper them throughout and I respect, you know, his contribution. I only posted that we needed these questions a couple of hours ago. Um, he poses a great question, a very double impact question. Which JCVD film would benefit from a Lego sequel? I think... For this one, my heart says Bloodsport. There's that amazing trailer going around recently that is essentially a Lego sequel. I mean, it's all from existing footage and it it gives you goosebumps. So I back that one 100%. Um, uh, Some honourable mentions, I would say it would be ignorant of me not to wish for some kind of double impact Lego sequel. Where's Chad and Alex now? how they coping in the world of COVID in Hong Kong and, uh, you know, all the civil unrest perhaps that's going on there. You know, there's all these rich political landscapes to draw upon um, which we know JC and the gang love. Um, They're nothing if not highly political. Because of my big legs and karate, I can do the splits no problem. And my my other honourable mention here would be not quite a legacy sequel, but a legacy uh, casting. Finish him. Legacy casting, and that would be for the next Mortal Kombat movie to have Johnny Cage played by you know an elder statesman like Jean Claude Van Damme. Because after all, as we all know, without Bloodsport, there is no Mortal Kombat, and uh, without JC, there is no JC. Johnny Cage either. So make that happen, Hollywood, if you're listening. It's very astute on your part. But another juicy question here from uh, John Johnston, if that is your real name. Sounds a little made up if you ask me. Hi, <laughs> hey, Joey Jojo. Um, is Greg the voice of Bluey's dad? Now, this is an interesting one because, you know what, I'm not, I'm not too familiar with Bluey myself. I don't have any kids. Um, and Greg's not here to answer for himself, so I guess we're going to have to do some investigation here. So let me, uh, let me do a quick Google. Okay, so this is what Bluey's dad sounds like. I am Bluey and I stink like a monkey's butt. I am Bluey and I stink like a monkey's butt. Uh, well, good that we can agree on that then. Time for my morning walk. Time for my morning walk. I like to walk really fast. I like to walk like this. I see where you're coming from. The Olympics. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I've never seen this show before. This is... uh Morning, Wendy. Do you know I like to smack my bum as hard as I can? <laughs> <laughs> this is all very Greg. I'm going to start talking about Expo 88 at any, any minute now. Where were you on that one? Where were you on that one? <laughs> yeah, I think it's confirmed. Bluey's dad is Greg. Case closed. (laughs) Ah, look at us just talking to ourselves. I hope this is interesting to somebody out there. Um, Oh, this is a juicy question. Okay, from James Lang. With the current trend for female-only reboots, do you think we are likely to have a new generation of female lap-pack movies? This is a good question. This is actually something Greg and I have talked about a lot, believe it or not. I think when the first... You know, pre-pod, I think when the first or second Expendables came out, we we spent some time brainstorming what an all-female Expendables film could look like, and we talked about, you know, the obvious ones like Linda Hamilton, Sigourney Weaver, but maybe even you, you get a little Tia Carrera in there. Maybe a Sharon Stone. Maybe uh, Pamela Anderson. Really? Maybe Sally. I don't know. Um, but I would also say to this, it's an interesting one, because if you think about, you know, the early seeds of what would become Pack. We, I mean, we did have Linda Hamilton, Terminator 1. We did have Sigourney Weaver. Get away from her, you bitch! In the Alien franchise. So I feel like women are inherently part of the Lat story, but perhaps something we don't include in the Lat narrative enough Um so, yeah, it's 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 interesting. I feel like, you know, if, if Linda Hamilton or Sigourney Weaver were to show up with the next Expendables movie, I don't think that would feel out of place at all. Even Sharon Stone, you know, uh, with Total Recalls and such. So, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Consider that a divorce. Uh, the other thing I would say to that, though, is it is interesting. That I'm not even sure we get male lap pack movies anymore. So if we're looking at this through the lens of modern action movies, as we've seen with our current miniseries, series pack Past and Present, is that the modern action films, even when they star our Lat-Pack heroes, are not really Lat-Pack in their aesthetic or tone so much. They're often... They're, they're skewing towards more modern trends. So with our... You know, with modern films like Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning, it's, it's like skewing to this Nicholas Winding Refn vibe. It's kind of horror, neon hardcore shit. And then you get, you know, Rambo Last Blood and it's kind of taken. Um, and then even, you know, spoiler alert, we'll, we'll get into Expendables next week. But even the Expendables and the whole premise of the Expendables is really to be the rebirth of Lap Pack in many ways. A throwback to Lap Pack probably is more appropriate. And um I would say, having watched it last night, and, you know, I haven't fully formed my opinion on this one yet, perhaps, but I would say... It is almost more akin to an Ocean's Eleven than, than a traditional 80s and 90s lap pack film. In terms of banter, in terms of action, it's kind of there, and in terms of the violence and all that stuff, it's kind of there, although I think some of the sequels may be PG. But regardless, one really important ingredient in lap pack films, as we discussed in you know the, the year that was 1986 with Commando and Rambo, is the banter. And... Commando really added that flavor to the somewhat humorless Rambo. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's what made you. you did. I lied. And uh, yeah, the, the, the banter in the banter in Expendables is very like I don't know. It's it's a little too quirky. I think. I mean, we'll unpack that more next week. I don't want to you know show all my cards just yet, but. As an early soft observation, this does not speak to my verdict on the film, but just as one lap pack ingredient, I would say it perhaps falls short. Maybe that's controversial. What else we got here? Oh, we've got a great question. Well, <laughs> we've got a question <laughs> from Petros over at uh, the Caged In podcast. Great podcast if you haven't listened to that yet. Um, I went and visited Petros on one of his episodes a while back with the uh, Dracula Untold um, and it was a good time. So he does obviously Nicolas Cage movies. I think he's covered all of those now. So he's branched out into the broader uh, Coppola family tree and actually right now he's doing a miniseries on The Offer, you know, that TV show that's the whole behind-the-scenes story of how The Godfather got made. You know we love a good origin story in this pod, so check that out if you're interested. Uh, but he's also getting into a summer of Schwartzman mini series, which is definitely worth checking out. I mean, we love the Schwartzman over here on Doubling Pup Podcast. He's one of our guys for sure. Don't you put me in this corner where I have to fuck my way out? Um, but his question—sorry, that's not sort a of preamble. But Petros's question—ah, <laughs> jeez, <laughs> fuck Mary Kill, Stanley Goodspeed, Cameron Poe and cast Troy. Uh, obviously, you know, brought to life very theatrically, somewhat operatically by uh, Nicholas Cage. Now, this is a tough one. I would say Stanley is maybe the least familiar to me. Uh, you know, I've only seen The Rock maybe once or twice. The other films I've seen are many a time and more recently. We will do The Rock soon, though. This just makes me want to do it more. Um, so I think I've got to kill Stanley. Sorry, Stanley, you sound like a great bloke. And you're a doctor, marriage material, but better the devil you know I say. And I would fuck Costa Troy because... Because <laughs> I've got to bang one of them and he seems like, you know, not afraid to go there. Um, and marry Cameron Poe. I mean, what a sweetheart. Those pink coconut things have made me quite popular. Met a guy just the other day, baby, yo. He sure does love him. How could you not want to marry Cameron Poe? <laughs> Believe Ah, uh, Here we are, guys. But we do have more questions. Okay, this is a good one. I really like this question. Thank you, Daniel Hubner. Hubner? And I'm really sorry if I'm not saying that right. I'm pretty sure it's not Hubner. I'm pretty sure it's Hubner. Now, Daniel's question was, Uh, Beyond Max and Mick, Mad Max and uh, Mick Dundee respectively, we didn't get many Aussie films in Europe in my formative years. So which are the definitive Australian movies of the 80s and 90s? Not the critically acclaimed ones, but the ones that everybody liked. Now, this is a good question. Uh, Two Hands was perhaps the most... It was a real moment in Australia... That came out in 1999. I know we're getting late 90s here. But I guess to rewind, growing up in Australia, it kind of wasn't – it didn't feel like there were many cool Australian movies for kids and teens in the 80s and 90s, put it that way, until Two Hands came along. Um, there were some others I'll get into in a second actually, but Two Hands was really a big moment. That was kind of our answer to um, the, the sort of lock stock – Tarantino to a degree that, that that was our response to that and it was a big deal starring Heath Ledger we covered it on the pod so go back and check that one out if you haven't already um, and Rose Byrne it was kind of the breakout for both of those guys so um, you're like a strip club guy hey yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. oh no no, I've been doing that for a while yeah but um, I've got a new job and uh, you could say I'm moving on yeah what are you doing I'm um, yeah I'm doing um, I'm working for a guy no, just doing our jobs here and there. Um, that was huge, and then following that, one film we haven't done, but I would say is a must. I think it came slightly after. Let's see. Yeah, two thousand, a year later. Chopper, which just pushed that even further. So Chopper is the, Chopper is this somewhat infamous underworld figure in Australia. So it's based on a true story, played by Eric Banner. Great fucking movie! Like this is this is. If I was to show anyone an Australian movie, um, you know, in our in our world, our friends of the show, you know, if you listen to this podcast, this is right up your alley. Chopper, two thousand, starring Eric Banner. We will surely cover this on the podcast soon. Um, that was huge. Hey Neville, Neville, Nev. Yeah. Hey Nev. Oh, you want to give me a bit of money. would you hear that mate? It's just the mail. I can collect it now if you like. I think someone's pulling your leg mate. Someone's pulling your leg Neville. Someone will pull your other fucking leg in a minute. Now, how much you want to give me? Who do you think you're talking to mate? Hey? Hey, who do you think you're talking to? I'm Neville Bardos. You Remember that? Or has your fucking memory lapsed you fucking idiot? What? Who do you think you're talking to mate? Oh, sorry, was I being rude? Yes, mate, you were being very fucking rude, you fucking dickhead. You want to make some money, you make it yourself. Get him a drink, Nick, and behave. I said behave. Fucking idiot. Huge. Like, that is on the DVD. That is prime positioning on the DVD shelf in the early 2000s, in the university years of uh, Greg and myself, absolutely. Um, But I guess, rewinding a little bit earlier, there were some... Australian movies. Obviously, I'm speaking for myself here, but surely if I think this way, there must be at least a few of us. But um, there were some films by this guy, Yahoo Serious. I don't know how – there's a Simpsons joke about it, which I think is written, so I don't know how much it's going to translate in the pod. I'll see if I can find it. I know those words, but that sign makes no sense. But um, Yahoo Serious made these films in like – the mid-90s, mid to early 90s, that were pretty pretty huge for guys like us. So one – oh, God, we got to do this on the podcast. All right, so there were kind of goofball comedies, I guess. I haven't seen them in a long time. But the first one, the first one was called Young Einstein and came out in 88, of course. Oh, shit, Greg, hold your beer. Um, Young Einstein came out in 1988 starring – written by – produced by and directed by Yahoo! Sirius. And it is a fantasized account of the life of Albert Einstein, which alters all people, places and circumstances of his life, including relocating the theoretical physicist to Australia, having him splitting the atom with a chisel and inventing rock and roll and surfing. That's interesting. I just read that off Wikipedia. But that's interesting. The only thing I remembered was he put the bubbles in beer. I thought that was his invention. So very Australian. If you could split the nucleus of a beer atom into two fragments, then the mass of the two fragments will be less than the mass of the original nucleus. And the difference in mass will be transformed into energy. Energy equals mass times the square of the speed of light. Give it a go. Man, we've got to do that soon. Thanks. Fucking great question, because we've got to do that soon. And he had subsequent movies like uh, Reckless Kelly, which I think I'm sensing a theme here. I think Reckless Kelly was a reimagining of um, Ned Kelly along the same line. So, you know, at least he was Australian, I guess. But damn, he's wearing a trash can on his head. It's a 44. Check out the dickhead talking to a machine. That's no dickhead, that's Ned Kelly Oh yeah. This transaction is terminated? I don't think so Ouch! Computer malfunction Bingo 1, 8, This is the Kelly Gang. And I'd like to make a deposit. Yahoo! Serious, ladies and gentlemen. All right, what else we got? Good questions, guys, good questions. Um, We got a question from our friends of the show over at Action Action Podcast as well. Now, uh, we love their podcast. It's uh, going through all the action movies, past and present, so not just relegated to the 80s and 90s, although... Having said that, they recently covered they recently covered Double Impact, the movie, not the podcast. Uh, so I strongly recommend checking that one out. I've I've done their show before. Um, I did the Transporter, which actually is not a bad segue into their question because they ask if you had to remake the Transporter in 1986, who would you cast in the Statham role? Now, when they said this one through, I uh, I did have to think about this, and I would say. We need to go call Lap in this one. And when I look at my, my, well, to be frank, when I think about what is my Mount Rushmore of lapack, it's definitely idle It's definitely Sly. It's definitely JC. And I really want to put Dolph on there. And you know I love Dolph. You know, we, Greg and I both love Dolph. He's basically Australian and he's a genius and he's, you know, quite a specimen and I think the one shortfall he has is that he doesn't have other than Masters of the Universe which is more of a so bad it's good you know novelty don't get me wrong don't come at me I know a lot of people hold that movie dear and I I enjoy it too but let's be honest here people I think he needs a more solidified you know, a bona fide entry into the Lap Pack canon where he is the lead. Because, of course, he's in Rocky Four and he's great in that and, of course, he's in Universal Soldier and he's great in that and maybe co-lead in that. But, and you know, uh, Punisher, and he's around. He is definitely in... He is Lap Pack, for sure. But I would love to bolster his resume with a picture like The Transporter. I think the the overall premise of The Transporter would be a great... 80s Dolph vehicle and you know Dolph if you're listening don't take this the wrong way but I would dial down the dialogue too so have him be the real strong silent type he can still get you know all greased up like Statham did because you know come on we got to get asses in seats people um, but dial back the dialogue make him mysterious that's what he works best and that's my repitch um and yes of course if you haven't listened to the action action podcast really check it out it's on all your favorite podcast platforms they're going through every action movie so they've even got a letterbox going on where they've because they actually score them they have a more (laughs) they have a, a much more solid evaluation criteria than our fluffy you know did simpsons do it and they land on a number and have ranked all the action films they've covered so far on their letterbox account so you can check that out and, you know, see if you agree or disagree and maybe start some beef. I don't know. Keep going. Okay, I think we've got time for a couple more questions. Um, let's go to another one from Michael Olsen because he's got some great ones. Michael, we probably won't get to all your questions, so we really appreciate you sending them all in, but um, we might save some in our back pocket for some further Q&A episodes down the track. Um, but this is a great question that I really want to get to. So Michael asks... Tom Hanks never did action. Which film of his from the 80s or 90s would have benefited from a few roundhouse kicks or shootouts being added? Um, I think Turner and Hooch could have gone a little darker and grittier. I would be 100% down for that. Like just make it an R-rated cop movie directed by Paul Verhoeven. And you know, you got yourself a picture, bish bash bosh. That would be that would be something I'd be very interested in. Maybe there's a gritty reboot to be made, and you know, he can be an older, more grizzled cop. And I guess it would be Hooch's great grand puppies at this point being involved. But you know, we love a Lego sequel, cool, and we we stand the Hanks, so why not? Maybe you get Chet Hanks in there. He can do the soundtrack for a dark and gritty. Um, R-rated buddy cop film directed by Paul Verhoeven. Man, that's a good idea, story by. Big up the whole island, massive, it's your boy Chetner. Um The other thing I would say, because when I first read that question, I thought you were asking what action movie could Tom Hanks have starred in. And I would say I think there's an alternate reality where a Tom Hanks type would do well in like a Total Recall type of film because, you know, you don't know if he's a spy It seems out of character. And I think if I recall correctly in the short story, he was more of an everyday person. And actually on that note, so was Terminator. So the original concept with Terminator was he was supposed to blend in. Now who is more everyman looking than Tom Hanks? (laughs) I mean, Sarah Connor would invite him in for a cup of tea. She dared. I think that's pretty astute on my part, I must say. All right, I think we've got time for one more question. Uh, Lachlan Northridge asks what are your first memories of lap pack films it's a great question um, I would say I think it goes back to JC man I think back I think as all of you know I've I've talked about my friend Jono who lived two doors down um, we, were, we were best mates growing up and essentially all my lap pack consumption up to a certain age because I wasn't allowed to watch it at my house was at his house and I would also say that a lot of the time, you know you know those childhood friendships where you just, you'd just you just walk into their house. You wouldn't even knock. It was like that. And so often I would walk in and him and his dad or just him or even just his dad sometimes were watching these films. So I think in the first instance, films like Bloodsport and I think I talked about this on Rambo 2, I would just capture them – I would just catch them in pieces um, and they would just fucking blow my mind. Like I think my first memory – of a lap pack thing, and I guess it depends on whether you count Bloodsport as lap pack. I would, it's maybe the subgenre of martial arts lap pack, but um, Chong Lee busting out the, the the leg bone of um, JC's mate Michelle Kissy, uh, not Jackson, I know, uh, but Michelle Kissy because you know they're best mates, um, popping out that leg. Fuck. yeah man that was fucked up that may have given me nightmares I definitely saw it just a couple years before I should have uh and watching it now like it's still gross and whatever but it's not not that crazy um that's probably my earliest memory anyway I think that's all we have time for um on this mini Q&A pod um I'm really sorry we didn't have a new episode guys We will as soon as we can. And who knows, maybe we'll pump through the whole trilogy and we can make the next episode the full Expendables trilogy. I don't want to promise that just yet, but, you know, that could be pretty spicy. I guess some other Double Impact news coming up. We're going to, you know, we're obviously near the end of our Lap Pack Past and Present miniseries. We're thinking of doing um, just a couple of wildcard picks for a few weeks but then we're considering getting into a sequel September miniseries for you guests it, the month of September so if you've got any recommendations let us know we we want to do sequels to films we've already done though so I guess that kind of limits it but you know we haven't done Back to the Future 2 yet um and others <laughs> many things uh, and then Halloween's coming up, so, you know, we'll do our thing there and uh, we're considering we, – we've got a little short list of miniseries that we might tackle after that, um, including films co-starring dogs. Catchy name yet to be cracked. Um, but until then, we'll see you next week for a real episode, a real episode, and thank you for hanging out. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you the best. Um, in the words of Greg Carney via – Jerry Springer, be uh, good to yourselves and each other. Is that what he says? I can't even remember. <laughs> Bye. Seriously. Man. How you holding for cash? I'm a bit bloody bro. Listen, mate, there's no cash here. Here, there's no cash, all right? Cash, no. Robbo? No cash. I'll tell you what. You try getting from where you're sitting to the front door. Cos I reckon I could shoot you from where you're sitting to the front door. Cos that's about as long as you've got to produce some money for me right now. I'll give you twenty seconds to produce some cash or so I'll fucking shoot you. One, hey, two. I've got three, no cash, mate. Four. Five, I told you I've got no cash. You come in. I fucking need your drinks. What's the sit the now? fuck down. Listen, Ten, hey, hey, 11, yes, 12, hey hey, show 12, some hospitality, oh, yeah, hey, mate. 14, 15, 15, stop with 16, the fucking county. What are you counting for, eight, eight, take it easy? <laughs>